Good morning, my friends. This is Pastor Stephen Brooks. Welcome today to Morning Glory, our midweek Bible study. And yes, I've jumped back to the studio A over here at the sanctuary as we were having some audio technical challenges that our sound team was not able yet to diagnose and fix. Praise God. But I know they'll get the mastery over that within any, any time. So I'm just jumping over here ministering to you today from our other studio. And thank God it's good to have alternative backups. Praise God. Thank you, Jesus. Now let's pray concerning today's study. Father, we thank you. Let your wisdom fall upon us today as we study your word. Let wisdom come down upon us like rain. Let your Holy Spirit touch our minds and our understandings. And we thank you for it. In Jesus' name, and we all say, Amen. Today we're talking about wisdom that inspires. Stop and think just for a moment about those certain things that inspire you. And those things that inspire you have a way of making you happy. They also have a way of energizing you, and they excite you. Praise the Lord. Let's say that you're a student in high school and you have to get your homework done, but you're energized to get your homework done because as soon as you finish your homework, then you're finally free to go work on that project. That is your inspiration. So when you have inspiration, it will release energy to accomplish and do the things that you're supposed to do so that you can really get on the main task, the main assignment of your life. By the way, think about this statement I'm going to make, and I, I would like for you to meditate on it throughout this week, which is this. The Holy Spirit is the only one who actually knows your assignment here on the earth. Now, yes, God, the father does. Uh, Jesus, the son does, but the Holy Spirit is here on the earth and he's the only one that actually 100% knows what your assignment is. In other words, your purpose or your destiny, however you want to label that or call that, but he's the only one that knows and it's his assignment and understanding what it is. Wow. It, uh, when you know what it is, it brings energy. It, is inspirational. In other words, it's something that moves you. Wow. Why? That's your thing. Praise God. And we're going to talk about that today because it's always that, that inspired assignment energy. It's always connected to wisdom. Woo. Praise the Lord. Now look at this Psalm 104 verse 24. We're talking about wisdom that inspires verse 24. O oh Lord, how, how manifold are your works in wisdom. You have made them all. Well, let's take a look at a few other translations concerning the same verse, the NIV. How many are your works, Lord, in wisdom, you made them all new living translation. O oh Lord, what a variety of things you have made. In wisdom, you have made them all. The 
Holman Christian Standard Bible. How countless are your works, Lord. In wisdom you have made them all. Wow, it's powerful, really. And so we see that with all of these works of God, they are connected, they are tied to the, to the wisdom that's actually operating in God. So in that vast plethora of works and assignments and, uh, you know, what it is that God has for you, it, in order to be manifested and fulfilled in your life, it's going to have to be connected to what? The same thing that we see here in this verse. In wisdom you have made them all. So the fulfillment of your assignment or the reality of what inspires you coming to pass, it's tied to wisdom in order to bring it into the earth or bring it into fruition. Praise God. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Now, let's go over to the Gospel of Luke chapter 4, and we see it further. Luke chapter 4 and verse 20. Then he, Jesus, closed the book and gave it back to the attendant and sat down. And the eyes of all who were in the synagogue were fixed on him. And he began to say to them, Today, this scripture is fulfilled in your hearing. Now listen to verse 22. So all bore witness to him and marveled at his gracious, at the gracious words which proceeded out of his mouth. And they said, is this not Joseph's son? So they couldn't put it together. They're like, how is this guy flowing in an obvious level of wisdom that is incredible? And with an anointing that's on him, how is he doing this? Because it doesn't add up because we actually know him. We know his upbringing. We know his father. We know his mother. We know the, the implications tied into that story um, because it's not like everybody in Nazareth believed in the virgin birth. You know, they obviously thought that Joseph and Mary were playing around before they got married. And, you know, so then Jesus, you know, was born out of that relationships. However, we know the true story. He was born of a virgin birth. Praise God. So what we're seeing here is this expression of wisdom coming through Jesus is not the wisdom of the world. And it's different. And it caught the attention of everyone there in the synagogue. And today it doesn't matter if it's a synagogue or a studio or a, a, a spaceship out in space, that wisdom of God is very, very different from the wisdom of the world. Wow. We could even say that the wisdom of God is actually different from intellectual wisdom. And I'll, I'll show you that as we go along. In other words, the wisdom of God is not what we would call technological wisdom. As I have an iPad here on the pulpit, and I've got a smartphone sitting up here, and you know, uh, examples of what we would call technological uh, wisdom. But this is still not actually what the wisdom of God is. Mm. It's not scientific wisdom, it's actually all higher than that. Woo, praise God. The, the wisdom of God 
is hidden. That's the best way to say it. It's actually hidden inside of a mystery. And because it's hidden in a mystery, the Holy Spirit is the only one who can actually impart it into you. Wow. Woo, praise God. It's amazing. This is not the kind of wisdom that a good high school teacher or a good university or college imparts into their students. That is a natural type of wisdom. But this wisdom that comes from God is different from these various classroom type situations. Praise the Lord. Let me give you an example of what this wisdom can do to an average normal person who would even be uneducated. Let's put up a picture of Mr. R.G. Letourneau. There he is. You're taking a look at him right now. He was born, if my memory serves me correct, right around the time of 1888. And he lived to the age of 80 before he died. But Mr. Letourneau grew up as a young man with some mechanical skills, but all he had was a primary school education. But he ended up developing the world's biggest construction equipment. Let me put up a picture now on the screen of one of these modern day pieces of equipment that has come down the line from the company that he founded. That machine is that you're seeing is actually three stories tall and each tire uh, cost over uh, way into six figures. The, the tires are very expensive, but Mr. Turneau was the man that, that started the inspiration of creating these gigantic earth moving machines. Now, what's actually amazing is that when men were still digging with shovels and many other men were still moving tree stumps and moving dirt with mules and oxen and old plow implements and things along that line, while they were still doing that, those machines you just saw is what he was moving into. Matter of fact, in World War II, 70% of all the equipment that was moved and transported on land was done with his equipment. So he was very, he became very wealthy, but my friends, of course, um, he made an amazing statement one time that if he ever stopped, because he was a Christian, of course, he said that if he ever stopped tithing, then the flow of insp inspirational ideas were cut off. Now he had over 300 patents and he is the father of the modern day gigantic mining equipment and these type of devices like you see the gigantic dump trucks and all of that. All of that uh, came out of him through the inspiration that God gave him. But his life foundational scripture was Matthew chapter 6 verse 33. He built his entire life on that scripture. He was a tremendously devout tither and he got to the point where uh, later in his life, it was his giving was inverted and he kept, although he was very wealthy, 
he kept and lived off 10% and 90% he gave it in the projects that honored the Lord and glorified God. Praise God. And of course today the university that he and his wife founded uh, continues to flourish and function and create, uh, you know, the next generation uh, of those that are skilled in technology, earth moving equipment, nursing, or whatever it might be. But my friends, it is very important to understand that God can touch you in a way where even if you seem very normal, very natural, but yet you can have encounters with the Holy Spirit and he can show you, he can show you things that pertain to your calling, to your assignment. And what does that do? It brings divine inspiration. But remember this inspiration, which is, is, is very exciting. <laughs> it's going to be anchored to what? To wisdom. Wow. Glory to God. Well, let me read a quote of what Mr. R.G. Leitrino said concerning uh, how God had worked in his life. He said, I am just a mechanic who the Lord has blessed, but I am in active relationship with God. I am a searcher out of things that I know not. I am a seeker of light from heaven. Therefore, there is no limit to what could be achieved in my life. He goes on to say, in my thoughts, along with the statement that I am just a mechanic who the Lord has blessed, I have frequently heard that he, God, uses the weak to confound the mighty. There is no logical explanation in the world to account for the development of this equipment. He goes on to express that he's developed. There's no, there's no logical explanation for how he's done all of this. Ah, ah, but there is a spiritual explanation. What is that, Pastor Stephen? Wisdom, supernatural wisdom that inspires you to do what God has assigned you to do in life. Woo, praise God. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Mm -mm. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Now think just for a moment about these areas of, again, of inspiration. What excites you? What, uh, what energizes you? For me, there's two things. If I ever have times where, like we all can have, maybe like a, you know, kind of like a, you know, a, a challenging or difficult day. If I just start meditating on these two things, I always get excited. You know, one of the reasons that we don't fulfill our assignment or even stay on those, those paths of inspiration is because of distractions. And if something distracts you, it can break your focus. And then suddenly you can begin to float back down into the world of mundaneness and a world just swimming in mediocrity. Mm. So while there can be some breaks in focus, maybe uh, you have to divert and go over here and help somebody in urgent need, or maybe something has demanded you over here and you have to go tackle that, but you still want to even be carrying in your heart the visionary assignment that God has given you. Praise the Lord. My friends, I say this today with great confidence. You're coming in to the hidden wisdom of God. And God hid it on purpose. 
He hid it on purpose that those that actually think they're wise <laughs> will be confounded by the wisdom of God. Praise the Lord. Thank you, Lord Jesus. So you're coming into this hidden wisdom. Much of it has been reserved for the end time church. You know, I was meditating on a book written by a Catholic man named Michael Rose. The book is called, uh, and don't let the title throw you. It's not what you think, but the book is called ugly as sin. You may want to look it up and read it. It's very enlightening. It's called ugly as sin. And Mr. Rose is writing on the behalf of a Catholic man as a Catholic man who is very saddened, frustrated and grieved at what has happened with a lot of the modern day church architecture where churches used to be beautiful and the architecture was designed in a way to lift men up and inspire them uh, in other words, the architecture was made to glorify God, but today church buildings are either being built new or old ones are being remodeled with a new theme that when it, many of these structures, you walk into them, you feel like, why did I just walk into a morgue? <laughs> What's going on here? Did I just walk into a funeral home? And a lot of it. Even if, you, if, if your eye can't pick it up and you're not able to uh, really put your finger on it, actually a lot of it is the architecture. Mm, what's going on? What actually is going on is that many of the modern church buildings, church structures, and in the context of the book, he's dealing uh, you know, primarily with Catholic uh, structures, is that even a lot of the new designs or even the new renovations they're being done by a number one, either by atheists who don't believe in God. So you're having a product drawn and pulled out of the heart of a cold, uh, atheistic, you know, um, blank canvas type situation. And that is creating this design of a structure that you're going to live or spend a lot of time in or you're having somebody else design it that maybe says they are a Christian or maybe they're saying they are a Catholic, but they're not, they're not actually walking in a relationship with God where they're aware of the presence of God or have a working knowledge of God. So it's just all historical. And so they are thus influenced by, you know, what's trending or what's popular and what's trending or what's popular can be cold, stark, dead, uh, gray tone or whitewashed uh, type buildings that you walk in and you feel like, did I just, I thought I was coming into a house of God. Now I know, look, we're the temple of God, right? But we're talking even as, as believers, as, as the church body grows, we have to have a place where we can meet so often. Okay. So why is it that if you walk into some of these church structures, you just felt like you walked into the DMV? How many of you have ever gone to a DMV? Maybe you lost a license or had to get one replaced, or maybe you had to uh, get a renewed license or something like that. It required you to go there in person. 
How many of you have ever been to a DMV and sat down and thought, wow, I'm going to build my house just like this. The architecture is, so, oh, the floors are so inspirational. Wow, these, these gray walls, and everybody's sitting here, nobody's saying anything, looking mindlessly at their phones. That's the way I want my house to be. <laughs> <laughs> Woo, I don't think anybody's ever done that over any government institution because anytime it gets governmental or even state, sometimes it, it starts getting cold. It has no family field. It has no warmth. And that's what's happened to many, many of our modern day church buildings. And that's what he means by the book. It's called ugliest sin. And a lot of times, literally, when you see these buildings on the outside there, they look, they look stupid. And you think who designed that? Uh, I, I just, uh, it's stuff that uh, even the structure doesn't glorify God. It either glorifies, uh, ancient cultic rituals or glorifies perhaps new age overtones or stuff like that. Mm, mm, mm. Very, very interesting. But you're coming into the hidden wisdom, and I believe, I believe you're going to create and make and do things that are beautiful, that have the touch of God. And because of that, those who can't put their finger on that, even sinners who don't know what that is, unbelievers, but they come into it, maybe they sit there. Maybe it's a coffee shop. Uh, or maybe it's an album that you produce, but they hear it or they sit there or they're there and it starts to do what influence them because it was created with the wisdom of God. Mm -mm. By the way, did you know that architects, this is um, common knowledge amongst uh, those, you know, that go off the university to learn this trade, but architects know that they can actually shape behavior by how they shape the room and the building, and they've proven it. It's been proven through science. Mm -mm. The way that you transform behavior can at times be attributed to the transformation of the atmosphere of the building or the room or what you're in. Wow. So why would you listen to that music when it doesn't make you happy, doesn't glorify God, and it makes you want to go in the corner and cry. Somebody turned the music off. See, you, you can change things. So you can change things to what inspires you, not what deflates you, not what fans the flames of hopelessness. No, <laughs> you can change that through the wisdom of God to what inspires you. Wow. Praise the Lord. Many of you know that we have the field of dreams. We have had uh, uh, some small level land clearing done where the road has been put in and the pad site has been built, has been created for the new TV studio. When I say the pad site, I'm talking about the forest has been cleared in that area. We have another site where the prayer area is going to be, and we're going to, be, we're going to build this small prayer center first. I learned that from Or Robertson, Kenneth Copeland. Or Robertson, always build the place of prayer first. So we will have a small prayer center that when you come and visit, you can go there and it'd be open most of the time, and you can go, go there and pray, have time with the Lord. And then, of course, if you want to visit the studio, you can. But I, I will give you my promise on this. And I know I've got some good backup on this with my wife because she has a beautiful designer mind and very good at 
uh, bringing colors together and stuff like that. But I'll make, I'll make you this promise. We, on behalf of this ministry, will not build something ugly. <laughs> When we build the television studio, look, I'm not going to try to compete with Biltmore. And many of you have come to visit. It's actually one of North Carolina's biggest, if not the biggest attraction. And I've been to the Biltmore Mansion. And uh, the problem with the Biltmore Mansion is that, in my opinion, it's too big. It's, it's a size of a facility that can only last in one generation. And that's what happened when Mr. Vanderbilt originally built it. He was one of the wealthiest men in the world from the railroad industry. But then, you know, uh, that wealth can only filter down so far throughout generations. And eventually the family said, well, this is too much to handle. So the state had to come in. And so the state, uh, it, it, when you have to have a state operate a house, yeah, it's probably too big, but it is very beautiful and it's very inspirational to look at. So all I'm saying is that we will build something beautiful. Will it be that big? Of course not, but it won't, whatever it is we're going to build, I promise you this, it won't be ugly. Woo, praise God. <laughs> we want it to glorify the Lord. So when you go in there, you feel happy. Amen. Woo, woo, glory to God. Have you ever noticed these dictator nations where you have a rogue uh a totalitarian dictator that dominates all the people and uh, you know, uh, and they're all wearing gray and they're wearing clothes that look like you could literally take a pair of scissors and cut them yourself. sew a few buttons on and just, there you go. I mean, like what is going on? Well, what's going on there is no Holy Spirit to illuminate assignment. What's going on is no inspiration. And remember, inspiration releases energy and uh, all of these other uh, driving forces. But if you don't have that, everything's in grayscale. Everything's in grayscale. Mm -mm. But I see you going full HD. I, I see you going in full color spectrum because you're dialed in with the Holy Spirit. Glory. Glory to God. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Mm -mm. Let's go over to 1 Corinthians chapter 2. 1 Corinthians chapter 2. And we're going to drop down to verse 7. Paul said, but we speak the wisdom of God in a mystery. So how is the wisdom of God conveyed? In a mystery. The hidden wisdom which God ordained before the ages for our glory. Did you know it was right in front of the devil the whole time and he couldn't see it? The end time plan was right in front of the devil the whole time. His overthrow was actually laid out, mapped out in front of him, but it's done in a hidden mystery and he couldn't read it, couldn't see through it, couldn't figure it out until he was defeated. And then it's too late. It's too late. Praise the Lord. Mm -mm. Which none, verse 8, which none of the rulers of this age knew. They did not know about this hidden wisdom. They, why? It's in a mystery and it's hidden, although it's out there. They could not understand it. Why? It's spiritual. It's spiritual. Trust me, if it were natural, the devil would go and sit in on the classroom at Harvard or Yale. Okay, and he would listen to what's going on to current trends and how we have to be, you know, politically correct or whatever's being taught, or all this or that, you know, all this crazy stuff. So he's not 
he's not sitting in those classes because they can't get into this wisdom. It's not found there. It's not found there. Now, if it were found at the hospital or maybe over at Apple uh, on their campus in California, then maybe he'd go over there and listen in on the classes. But it's not found there either, because even if it was there, it's hidden. And unless you had a believer explaining it, it remains hidden. Praise God. And back in the old covenant, of course, there people were not born again, as we know the situation is today, which none of the rulers of this age knew. For had they known, they would not have crucified the Lord of glory. But they did. And they actually fulfilled the plan. And Jesus Christ the second Adam has triumphed over the devil. The first Adam blew it and yielded to sin. He and Eve, but the second man that came in the sense, like an Adam, the second Adam, that's what Paul calls Jesus. He did not yield to sin and he won back for us. What the first Adam lost, which was authority and dominion here on the earth. Praise God. Thank you, Lord Jesus, and eternal life through forgiveness of sins. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Now, this is what the Lord showed me this morning. I wrote it down. This inspirational wisdom, this wisdom will cause you to be inspired. It will cause you to be innovative, and it will cause you to be improving constantly on what you do. So there's three things this wisdom will cause you to do. Number one, you'll be inspired. Number two, you'll be innovative. And number three, you will be improving continually on what it is that you do. Praise God. Woo. Thank you, Lord. Now let's talk a little bit about connecting with this wisdom of God so that inspiration does flow and that inspiration drives us in the right direction of fulfillment of destiny and assignment. So connecting with this wisdom, I would say to have it really flowing in you, you do need to set aside some time where you get past what I call squirmy mode. Squirmy mode is like if you go sit down and you want to have a good conversation or talk or fellowship with God and you sit down with that intent to do that. But even though you're sitting, your mind is still standing up running through the gauntlet of all of the things that need to be done or that you want to do. And your mind is not quiet and maybe even your flesh feels a little bit squirmy and your flesh would say, you know what? Today was a really good day to go run a marathon. We shouldn't just be sitting here praying. We should go out and run a marathon. Yeah. So there can be a squirminess or an easiness. Uh, you could even call it like agitated flesh. Oh, it's not like your arms are flailing and you're going crazy, but you don't feel the peace. And it's in that peace where you get insights very clearly about your assignment. And when you see that it releases those things that bring inspiration to you. Well, here's what you have to do. You have to sit still 
and you have to get quiet and you have to give the Lord some time to talk and also for yourself to get still. Now this time that you're going to give to the Lord, I would call it unhurried time because to rush God is to find fault with God. And even if we go to meet with the Lord in prayer and fellowship, it's not like we can demand that he talk or say something, but here's what will happen. If you will just stay in that place and hang out, eventually that inspiration will begin to come. That anointing will begin to flow and the wisdom of God will begin to percolate into your life. Praise the Lord. You know, the other Saturday I had, I pretty much had the day free and traditionally, biblically Saturday would be described as the Sabbath. And you know, it's a day, well, it's good to rest out of the seven. You should take one and just uh, kick back, relax and enjoy your day. So that's what I did. I had the day free and I just grabbed my Bible and uh, grabbed a notepad and a pen and just sat down and hung out with the Lord and talked and prayed. And you know, after a while you pray for everything that you can kind of pray for. You pray for your national leaders and you pray for this or that. And I, you know, I pray for partners and church members and, you know, so you kind of, you do, you do your prayers and then, you know, you're just kind of left hanging out with God. And that's when you just hang out and you know, your, your body begins to calm down and now you can just sit there comfortably and you know, you don't always have to sit. If you get a little bit tired, go get something to drink and maybe lay down and, you know, prop your head up and just keep talking to the Lord. The main thing is in times like that is just stay focused in your prayer. And you know, as you're talking to the Lord or praying in the spirit, but you're, you're there. Okay. You're not drifting off. You stay there. So it doesn't matter so much if you're sitting up, you lean over as long as you're comfortable. Okay. And you just hang out with the Lord, hang out with the Lord and put that quietness and that time in. When you do that, when you do that, the Lord will begin to refresh you. He'll begin to share things with you that bring great encouragement to you. And that will fuel also that inspiration. Is it possible to lose your inspiration? Absolutely. Absolutely. Uh, you could lose it uh, through, like we said earlier, distraction. You could lose it through busyness, or you could allow it to begin to get knocked down, perhaps by criticism, uh, verbal attacks, or maybe you tried to share it with somebody that you thought would be excited about it. And they were like, Hey, you know, you know, I don't, you know, I don't think that's ever going to happen or something like that. And maybe you felt discouraged, but when you get back with the Lord, when you hang out with him like that, he will eventually loop around and he'll start talking to you about what excites you. Mm -mm. Wow. Wow. Praise God. So we need some quietness and we need unhurried time. So slow down. Even when you get into the Lord's presence, just slow down and don't rush out. Don't think, well, I made it. Now I finally feel peace and then you leave. Well, you did all that work to get in there. When I say work, I'm talking about seeking after God and, you know, giving uh, the Lord time and pursuing the Lord. Well, once you're there, might as well hang out and talk with the Lord about some fun stuff. Woo, praise God. 
And I would say number two is that you need to ask for this wisdom to be flowing in your life. We see this in Zechariah chapter 10. Zechariah 10 verse 1. Ask the Lord for rain in the time of the latter rain. The Lord will make flashing clouds. He will give them showers of rain, grass in the field for everyone. My friends, the Lord wants to give you the rain of the Holy Spirit. Rain would be a symbol of the Holy Spirit in the Old Testament. So it's time to ask the Lord for rain in the latter time. Okay. And it will come down. It will come down upon you and bring that refreshing and bring the ideas and the inspiration back. It'll come back. Praise God. Now let's also make sure that we search for the hidden wisdom. Yes, the rain will fall and give you understanding of the wisdom of God, but we also need to do our part and search. We see a good example of that in the book of Daniel. Let's take a look at a day in the life of Daniel. Daniel chapter 9 verse 2. In the first year of his reign, I, Daniel, understood by the books the number of the years specified by the word of the Lord through Jeremiah the prophet that he would accomplish 70 years in the desolation of Jerusalem. Now, Daniel understood by books particularly by the books written by the prophet Jeremiah. And you have to search for the hidden wisdom because it may still be veiled to you, but that doesn't mean that somebody else hasn't seen behind the curtain or has had the curtain removed and they have experience, knowledge and understanding in that area. And you may be able to get now think about this. You may be able to get everything that they know that took them a lifetime to learn. You may, you may be able to get it for $15. Well, how pastor Stephen, they're not going to sell it to me. No, no, no. Go buy the book, buy the book that they wrote. See, he said that he said, I understood by the books through Jeremiah, the prophet. So he's searching for wisdom concerning the day that which he is living in and when this is going to be over and the people of God can begin to go back to the land of Israel. Praise the Lord. How did he get that insight through reading? And that was hidden knowledge at one time. It wasn't, but it's like it got lost and now nobody really knows when this is going to end. But Daniel said, I found out exactly when it's going to end because somebody else already talked about it. And I read his book. <laughs> Praise the Lord. It is possible that somebody has done it before the same type of calling or path that God would have for you. It is possible that somebody has done it before. Now you can be different in the way that you innovate. You can be different in the way that you have creative expression and you can be different with the style and the touch that the Holy Spirit works through you. Because the truth is that you can make any venture outstanding, but it does depend upon the depth of your knowledge. So you need to work with these things and get into the hidden wisdom so that it is not hidden anymore. Praise God. Well, Pastor Stephen, I like it. I like it. So what do I do? 
Well, let me say also that I want to encourage you to have an understanding that the Holy Spirit, your best friend, lives on the inside of you 24-7. And because He lives on the inside of you, you can stir up the anointing. You can stir up that creativity of the Spirit, and that will begin to swirl on the inside of you, and things will start to bubble up. Let me give you an example. Second Timothy chapter one, verse six. Therefore, I remind you to stir up the gift of God, which is in you through the laying on of my hands. Again, Paul told Timothy that he wanted to remind him to stir up the gift of God that is already in him. Praise the Lord. So I believe that the anointing, the wisdom of God, the mind of Christ can be stirred up in you. Praise the Lord. You know, I was reading a scientific article about the fascinating chemical reaction that takes place when you take fresh espresso, you know, what we would call coffee, and you mix it with steamed milk. And there is a chemical reaction that takes place where when hot coffee and steamed milk come together, it does something when those two collide. But my friends, if you just have it setting to the side, you have a cup of coffee here and you maybe have cream or milk over here and then you have sugar over here. You know, you have to pull it together and do what you have to stir it. Or if you don't stir it, they do not mix properly the way that they could potentially and thus produce that wonderful flavor that comes out of that when they are stirred and mixed together. Mm, praise God. Stir it up. It's in there, but you have to stir it up. Mm, thank you, Lord Jesus. Glory. Glory to God. Glory. God is going to help you to do that. Praying in the Spirit, meditating on the Word, meditating on Scriptures, reading dynamic testimonies that inspire you. Praise God. Meditating about those things, all of that begins to stir it up. And you think, well, if God did it for them, and God did it through them, God could help me do it too. And I could put the creative juice and anointing that God has given me onto that assignment, onto that project, and it'll come out like something never seen before. Yes, it will. Praise God. It is time for the sons of God to arise and go about in the earth doing what God has called them to do. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Glory to God. So, stir it all up. A lot of times that stirring can happen when you have somebody else who's either passionate about the same thing you are, or perhaps you're both on the same project together, and you talk about it. And when you talk about it, just like on the, the road to Emmaus, and Jesus comes and joins them as they're walking and talking, and he jumps in the conversation, and suddenly what's going on? It's getting stirred up. And I mean, it starts triggering a response, a fire within the, within the inside of them. Praise God. And that's 
the kind of conversations you need to have. You need to be able to talk with those that will help stir that, that fire. Praise the Lord. And I would also say, of course, that in this area of getting into the hidden wisdom, we need to continue to pray because you can, you can journey into that area and walk in that knowledge of that wisdom, but it must, it must be sustained. We see this in Luke chapter nine, Luke chapter nine. And let's go to verse 28. Now it came to pass about eight days after these sayings that he took Peter, John, and James and went up on the mountain to do what to play. No, it says to pray. They went up on the mountain to pray as he prayed, not played video games. As he prayed, the appearance of his face was altered as, as he prayed, as he prayed, as he prayed, the appearance of his face was altered and his robe became white and glistening. But this is all as he's praying. And behold, two men talked with him who were Moses and Elijah. Of course, things begin to get very exciting. So he went up on the mountain basically to recharge. And it certainly appears to me that he got fully charged again. Wow. The radiance, the strength, the energy. Now we know this is what would be called the transfiguration of the Christ. And you can also have these touches where you're transfigured from weak to strong. But my friends, it has a lot to do with your prayer life up on the mountain. You must go up on the mountain to recharge. And as you pray, you will be recharged. As he prayed, he was transfigured. And as you pray, you will go from glory to glory, strength to strength, and God will talk to you. How? As you spend that time with him and you hang out with the Lord and you stir it up and you meditate and you still keep hanging out, what happens after a little while? And I can't always tell you when that little while is. I can't tell you if it's 15 minutes or 45 minutes or maybe half a day. I, I don't really know. It's different, different on different days, different with different people. So we have no set time frame. But as you Make your best effort in whatever context you're in to draw near to the Lord. What will happen is that it begins to, it begins to bubble up. It's like a, uh, like we know that there's a river on the inside of us through the Holy Spirit, but there is a bubbling up. And as that bubbling up begins to take place, what will it, it'll form images in your mind where you begin to think about certain things. And I know that with our minds, we can think about anything we want to, but what will begin to happen if you hang out long enough with the Lord is that you'll begin to get into that hidden wisdom and that's what starts bubbling up. And suddenly to you, it's not hidden anymore. And you have clear, uh, I mean, uh, when I say clear, th there are times where God will start talking when he starts talking, then, then, you know, you're not trying to. You use your own mind to imagine something. No, when God starts talking about what excites you, because he's excited about what excites you, because it's tied into his kingdom expansion overall plan. Wow. 
It's incredible because he's like, this is what I want you to do for me. This is part of the assignment. It will include this. So you're going to need to do this and you're going to need to have that. And you're going to need to do this. And as you see that piece by piece, he doesn't show everything all at once, but what he does show you, oh yes, can be very, very exciting. But that bubbling up where you are seeing the hidden wisdom. Wow. You really need to uh, crave after the Lord for that. Hallelujah. Remember the baptism in the Holy Spirit. And this is very important. I'm so glad that you're here today. But understand that the baptism in the Holy Spirit is not just about tongues. Where, where we say, oh, I speak in tongues. Therefore, I've arrived. Uh, no, that is an evidence, an external evidence that you have received the baptism, the initial experience of being filled with the Spirit. But the true connection always with the works that are associated with the baptism of the Holy Spirit are power. You should see demonstrations of power that lift you from areas of defeat to victory, from areas of weakness to strength, from areas of previous failure to now like, no, that thing's broken. That can't touch me anymore. Hallelujah. And that's the fullness of the Holy Spirit. It's really, when you come into more of the maturity of that, it's about power. It's about getting results. Mm -mm. In other words, the hidden wisdom unveiling to you assignment and destiny and within that package is contained the highest level of the expression of joy that you could ever achieve the highest level of excitement. Why it's, it's for you. That's what you're supposed to wear. That's your thing. Now you could get, sidetracked. You could take a wrong turn and get into something and never know the will of God. And you could think this is it. This is what I love. This is what I like. But when you are walking with the Lord, you get on the right path because remember, I want to come back to it. The Holy spirit on this planet is the only one that actually knows your assignment and your mom and dad they might want to steer you in a certain direction because if you go in this route, they, they foresee better success and you know, they've, they've gained some knowledge. And so they want you to do well in life. So maybe they, they're wanting to push you into a direction, but that doesn't mean that's still the wisdom of God. That could be human wisdom expressed through love and care, but it may not be the wisdom of God. So you have to get into this wisdom of God. And understand that God's going to take you into a place where you get on that assignment and you find your greatest joy and you're excited. Amen. Amen. Yes, you'll still have challenges. You'll still have things to work through and things to overcome. But, you know, I've heard people say like statements like, I wish I was a professional athlete and I got paid to do something I like. But, um, you know, they're, they're not called to be a professional athlete. The, the greatest calling and the greatest thing that you could ever get into is what God has for you. Wow. I'll be honest. I don't want to be a professional athlete. I see like professional football and people say they make millions of dollars and they do. I see professional football, say like NFL. And I think, wow, what a brutal way to make a living. 
Wow. Just knowing you're going to get injured. There's no such thing as, you know, kind of like uh, playing this game and not blowing your knees out or having concussions so that later in life you have memory loss or whatever the case might be. I look at a lot of these sports and I think, wow, that's a really hard way to earn a living. Boxing, whatever it might be. And uh, just, you know, knowing that you're going to the ring again and you're going to both, you're basically both trying to hit each other in the head till you knock the other one out. What a hard way to make a living. Well, Pastor Stephen, he made a hundred million dollars. I'm thinking that's, that's a hard way to make a living. I'd rather do what God has called me to do. Now, if you are called into that realm, then you'll have that touch that God gives that unique touch in that area and also a grace and even want to make a special expression in that area. Then you walk close to the Lord, tie into that wisdom and you'll leave a mark that might not ever be surpassed. Mm-mm. Praise the Lord. That's why all of these world records, almost all of them, they're going to get broken. Even no matter what people say that will never be broken. Well, eventually some super kid comes along, grows up and he's going to break it. The only way usually you can get a record that's just pretty much unbreakable is if that person has that special touch and yields that gift to God and gives the glory and the honor to the Lord. That's usually when something very rare can happen that people think, well, that's the gold standard. Don't know if anybody's ever going to break that. Praise God. Because it has the God element in it. That, that touch. Praise the Lord. Mm -mm. All right, lift your hands. I want to pray for you to come into this hidden wisdom, glory. Just before I pray uh, for you, two ministers, they, they were given permission by a man that works on the floor of a big international trading market where trillions, not billions, trillions are traded every day on this, on this market and it's closed market. Only dealers are allowed on the floor. But one of the men that worked the floor got permission and got the tags to bring in these two preachers. And these two preachers came uh, in with this man onto the live trading floor. And this is the area where uh, normal people have no clue how this works or they don't even know it exists. But this is how trillions of dollars are moved every day. So this man brings these two spirit-filled ministers into this room. And when they walk into this big trading floor room, suddenly the head man on the floor who's over all of it, who had his name tagged, his badge on his suit, and it had his name, S-A-T-N. And that man said, Satan objects. These two men are not allowed in here. And he pointed to the two ministers. Satan objects. These two men must leave right now. Why? He does not want them to see how they're making all of this money and how the world system operates of people becoming, you know, mega, mega rich. They don't want that hidden wisdom released. But I'll tell you what. God is releasing hidden wisdom. God's going to do some things in these days that are staggering for the church because God is bringing his people to the front, to the top. Amen. So that the resources and the strength and the provision will be there for the gospel to be preached all over the world. And look, not only so that we can pull the harvest in, which is going to be gigantic, but as, as the harvest is coming in, we can start ministering the word of God to them and 
when it begins to happen, the whole thing's going to go real quick. Praise God. And then we'll wrap it all up. And then I believe the Lord will take his people home. Mm -mm. You know, the, the scriptures in second Thessalonians talks about the great falling away. That word in the Greek is apostasia, but it's amazing. Almost all of the leading Greek scholars say that word does not mean a like mass falling away of many Christians going off into sin. That word actually means a departure. It means we're leaving it. It means we're being taken out of here. Wow. So I do believe in the catching up of the saints. And I believe that the church, God's people, that's us, that we are not appointed unto wrath. Praise the Lord. But we will be taken safely away with the Lord. So the end time harvest will go very quick once that really begins to roll. And then after that, then after that, we will be taken home with the Lord. See, here's why. I think the world and those that desperately want a one world government, one world religion, and they want a total totalitarian system where they can have even a one world leader, which the Bible identifies all of that as the, the Antichrist and the Antichrist system. So I think those wicked, corrupt people know that as long as the church, the Christians are here, that we just keep blocking it all the time. <laughs> <laughs> they just can't get rid of us. And there's too many of us and we're gaining in numbers too and getting stronger. So they try, they've tried over and over the spirit of antichrist in a sense is already in the world, but there is a person coming who will be the antichrist, but he's just can't show up because we're, we're still here. But once the restraining force is removed, then they'll finally have their time. And then he'll come on the scene real quick, mm -mm. which is why you need to have your life right with God. Now, if you're watching today's program and you don't know Jesus as your savior and Lord, I want you to pray this prayer so that you can get your life right with God and live for him. And perhaps if you at one time were a Christian, but you've fallen away, then you need to return back to the Lord and get restored back into a right relationship with God. And I want you to pray this prayer also. So let's pray. Just say this after me in prayer. Say, Lord Jesus, I come before you now and I completely surrender my life to you. Jesus, save me now. Step into my life. Wash my sins away. Cleanse me with your precious blood and write my name in your book of life. And Jesus, step into my life today and lead me and guide me from this day forward in your name I pray. Amen and amen. Praise the Lord. Welcome. Welcome to the family of God. Glory. The angels of heaven are rejoicing. The angels on earth are rejoicing that you have gotten your life right with God. Praise the Lord. I see God's wisdom falling upon his people right now. 
Some of you, you're in some very tough situations, but through the wisdom of God, you're going to make application of that wisdom and you're going to walk out of all of those troubles, all of those problems to a place where you're completely free. And then you're going to be in a place of dominance. You will be put on a place on top. God's got room for you at the top. And we get there through walking in his wisdom. Praise the Lord. Let's take Holy Communion today. I want to encourage you to grab some unleavened bread, grab a little cracker or whatever you have, and grab some grape juice. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we thank you today for the flow of inspiration. I thank you that your people are going to get it done. Maybe there's something they were very passionate about one time, and they became discouraged, and they took it and they put it on a shelf or filed it away in the file cabinet and just forgot about it. But Father, it's time to get it back out and pray over it and meditate on it and get the fire relit. We give you praise. We thank you that is happening today. Father, we thank you that this is now the body and the blood of Jesus. We bless it. We sanctify it as being holy. Father, as we receive the Lord's flesh, we just thank you, O oh God, for strength to continue on and to be passionate about what you've called us to do. We thank you for allowing us to see the finish line clearly. In Jesus' name, amen. Let's receive the Lord's body. Praise the Lord. Readers become leaders. Readers of the Bible. Readers of inspirational books. Readers of spiritual, good spiritual, biblical expounding material. Praise God. Amen. You're going to have answers. You're going to have insights. You're going to be pulling into the divine wisdom. Hidden no longer from you. Even end time wisdom is being released right now to overcome in these evil days. Father, we thank you for the blood of Jesus, his mighty cleansing power. Father, we forgive anybody, anyone who has sinned against us. We forgive them completely. We thank you for the protection of the blood of Jesus, the blood of Jesus over our minds. We thank you, Father, over our bodies. And we thank you for peace and wholeness and health in our bodies. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Let's receive together. Praise the Lord. Glory. Glory to God. Wow, I just see color touching your brain, swirling all around your mind right now. That's the seven spirits of the Lord. Did you know that each of those manifestations of the Holy Spirit is represented by a different color? I see the colors of the Spirit of God moving upon your mind right now, and I see the Spirit of Wisdom touching your mind. Father, we thank you for wisdom in this hour, and we thank you for the unveiling of hidden knowledge in Christ. In Jesus' name, amen. Praise God. Thanks for joining me today. I'll see you back real soon. Have a great week. Bye-bye.